who won? Welcome to episode 25 of the RDO podcast. It's a very special one today. Um, Jason's been subbed out uh, with a with a new, but I hope good friend of mine, Josh Barnett. Hello, Josh. Hey. Good morning, Alex. Um, Thank you for inviting me. We, when did we meet? Probably only a year ago, wasn't it? No, it was pro- oh, a little bit longer ago than that, I would say. Yeah, so we worked together um, working for The Big Machine. Yep. And I I think that uh, you're probably the only other person I know in my network that has the as nerdy a view on cars as what I do. Yeah, that would be... Pretty fair to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we, we I, I think we hit it off. Uh, yeah, pretty much immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, I think you tend to find each other. Like, as soon as you, you put a, a few breadcrumbs out and sort of test the waters. Yeah. And obviously, I think we've got uh, very common interests in some very unusual and... Yeah, look... look not universally things. loved cars. That's probably the nicest way to put it. Not mm. universally loved cars. Mm. Everyone can love a supercar. Yeah, correct. everyone can love a um, everyone can love the top of the range, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. But yeah. it uh, it takes oh, but there's also there's also those people out there that only love one particular make and model of a correct. car. Yes, no matter what they which is infuriating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I think we're on the we're I'd like to think we're on a very level uh, uh, cusp, and I think we can objectively appreciate certain vehicles that a lot of people probably don't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, I'm also wearing a, a T-shirt that I bought off the internet the other day, it. which is a Boost Cruising one. Love it. The audio people can't hear it. Um, reason being, there has like been a resurgence on Facebook. Some started this page, or I only just got onto this page, and they've been posting all the pictures up from 2002, 2003, yep. 2004, which was like the absolute car scene for my age. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, especially on the Gold Coast. And the reason why I wore it today is because it's Nate's first birthday tomorrow... No, not tomorrow, Tuesday, but we're having his birthday thing at um, Broadwater Parkland. The spiritual home. Which in 2003 <laughs> was the spiritual home of... Uh, of uh, which was called the Broady Car Park, which yeah. is where all the car meets were. So yeah. so I'm repping the shirt for, uh, for that because I think that... in and um, you're not on Facey, which is a good thing, but it is, in my opinion, the happiest place on the internet at the moment is the Boost Cruising. Oh, really? It is so good. Just photos and reminiscing of old times. The craziest cars, stupid amounts of fiberglass, stupid amounts of chrome, uh, uh, loose-fitting jeans, um, uh, stud belts. Like what? What's the thin like sunglass style? Remember that style yeah, in the O yeah. threes? Like a current can't what it's called, but um, uh, number plates that you'd never be allowed. Yes. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like a mate of mine, he had uh, ninety one uh, NCH for nine inch. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one that was like an MX five, which had the one two two girls driving a NA MX five. Yeah. With the number plate. Bitches. Oh, lovely. And I was like... How good's that? How good's that? And and someone made a good point. And so you were on that scene too, but mm-hmm. you were obviously on a Brisbane side. Correct. Now, I... A lot of people had said the scene was very different then to what it is now in that no matter how crazy or whacked out your car was, there's a very positive vibe around vehicle modifying and yeah. cruising. And- I think that 
you're sort of in that. See, I was sort of on the periphery a bit because I'm not a person that necessarily would modify Neither a car. Neither I'm the same. I like a car to be factory standard yeah. down to the head unit. Yeah, and obviously yeah. in those times, as you said, it was chrome, it's massive rims, it's... And the head unit was the first thing to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it was big stereos, it was subs and all that sort of stuff, but... Isn't it funny how that technology hasn't changed? Like, sound <laughs> sound equipment? Besides Apple CarPlay and Android. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The same, you can buy the same Alpine head oh. units that I used to run in the early noughties. Oh, 100%. No, yeah, ec- no additional functionality. No, I'm pretty sure that aisle in Autobahn... Hasn't changed. Yeah, it's the same display. It's got the same yeah. stuff in it. Exactly yeah. the same stuff. But like even the touchscreen stuff hasn't really progressed. It was the same. Not like really. it was far more expensive then. Yes, correct. Um, you know, three and a half thousand dollars for a head unit or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the graphics are no better. Not really. No. Now, yeah. Yeah. So, but um, I'm I'm very much like you. My friends were the modifiers. I I was yeah. not a modifier. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things like you can appreciate it, and as you said, now you look at photos of it, and it is dated horribly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was the style of the time, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not one of those things where I would have seen a car or somebody's, you know, put a body kit or a big sound system, and you know, again, as you said, it's not something that there was a lot of not love, but people could you know, express themselves through their car and it was a reasonably safe space. Yeah, it was appreciated. I yeah, think. yeah, exactly right. Um, I judged them silently, not, <laughs> not, not, not yeah, to their face. Which is how we should all judge each other. Correct. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like, what about the car scene now? What about the, like the modifying car scene now? I don't know because again, I'm now that obviously getting older, I'm getting further and further removed. I'd forgotten about boost cruising um, until... Uh, probably only about a week or two ago when I accidentally stumbled back on the website. Like, I'd forgotten I even had an account. That's so funny. He told me the story yesterday. Yeah. And, and like, I showed him the shirt. Like, I had the shirt bagged up. And then he goes, oh, I've got a story about that. And, he, and do, you want, do you want to tell us what he Yeah, what so I essentially I was cruising uh, classifieds, more or less, not for... Um, not for casual encounters, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for vehicles. And um, a link came up on... Google, I was deep, deep in Google, probably third, fourth page, as I said to you the other day. Um, the Wasteland. The Wasteland, yeah. I think I'm, I'm the first person to, to delve that deep. Yeah, um, a lawless wasteland. Correct, On yeah. page six. Well, the lawless wasteland uh, presented me with an opportunity to buy a Toyota Hilux, which is what I was actually searching for, and uh, clicked on the link, and it took me straight to Boost Cruising, because I, again... A, forgot the site existed. Yeah. B, you forgot that there were classifieds for people to buy and sell amongst themselves. And um, found a gem of a Hilux. And, um, but to access the contact number of the person selling it, you had to log in, had to have an account. Yeah. Like, oh, that's easy. I'll just, you know, use a burner email. Yeah. Create a fake account. Get the number. <laughs> yeah. Happy days. But I've got a standard, not a fake email, it is a real email, but it's a standard email for... You know, like a spam email account. Correct, yeah. yeah. So if you've got to put something down, then all the junk can just go to that. Anyway, so punch that in, register, already got an account. <laughs> How's that? that 20 is... years ago. I'm like, oh. That is so good. Couldn't remember the, couldn't remember the password, unfortunately. But, uh, and it was a scam. So the Hilux didn't exist. Well, it probably existed, but. Well, it, it could be a sign of the fact that scamming has become so much more sophisticated, but that Boost Cruising website probably has not. Correct. Or that ad was from 
2003. <laughs> 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 no one's ever taken it down. But it wouldn't have been, though, because the price... Oh. No, the price was probably from 2003, <laughs> which is the reason I was so, I was so excited. <laughs> I thought I've, I've got myself... Uh, Got myself a rob here. Well, you, that's probably a really great segue to what I think our first segment is, which is like what what kind of oddities have you trawled? What vehicular oddities have have come out in the uh, in the nets in the last week? In the nets, alrighty. Well, that car that I was specifically looking for, which isn't, it, it's gaining popularity now. So that was a Hilux, but the very last of the Japanese built Hiluxes, so two thousand four. Okay. Before they went and. Um, Thailand, yep. right? Correct. Yeah, manufactured in Thailand. So turbo turbo diesel SR five Japanese. Um, so that that appealed to me. Yep. Um, but outside of that, uh, I'm really getting yeah, the Japanese. I'm on the bandwagon. Yep. I'm, lo- I'm loving cars from the the nineties in particular. Mm-hmm. So MR twos and MR two Bathurst edition came up uh, very recently. Wow. Uh, two owner car. Uh, mild kilometers, hundred forty thousand original like, everything. Yeah, radio and all that. It's sort of stuff. Uh, strange to see them original. Very much so. And the mileage is strange too because my problem, the biggest problem with Japanese sports cars, especially of the nineties, is that they're so well built that no one was afraid to drive them every single day. So Correct. you often see them with three hundred thousand k. Exactly right. They yeah. still run, but I think that's also part of their charm. If you can have, if you can. You know, as opposed to a traditional classic where you might keep it in the garage and yeah. obviously it's got very questionable reliability. You don't want to leave it anywhere. Um, it also, it's damaged. Uh, a lot of like, Italian cars have got low mileage because they spent most of their time in the air at a mechanic's Correct. getting worked on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they're and pristine. Yeah, yeah. Haven't yeah. turned a wheel. <laughs> um, but um, I think at least you can have a car and you could potentially use it. Yeah. As a daily car, the yeah. air conditioning is going to be cold. As you said, everything's going to work. Um, I have a funny story about the aircon. Uh, when I when I worked in wholesale years ago, I had like a, I had like a little corner upstairs where all my cars, like the real shit heaps, where, yeah, where they yeah, were. Yeah. And there was like uh, four cars in front of. I needed the car in the far corner, and the, that car was a nineteen ninety six Corolla manual, three hundred sixty thousand k's. Ooh, I can't remember what the cars behind it were, but they were far newer, far lower mileage, mm-hmm. um, and in better condition, yet the Corolla was the only one that had cold air conditioning. Yeah. Well, how about this? Traded a car yesterday afternoon, late, like, stay back a couple of hours. Yeah. The car is a 2001 Corolla. Yep. Not a scarab with paint left on it. Yep. Uh, door handle snapped off interior panels just lying on the floor um yeah the key doesn't unlock the driver's door there's rust through the bonnet absolute absolute turd of a car yeah hop in it start it freeze cold air con <laughs> it's crazy denzo right denzo denzo, denzo systems yeah. whoever uh whoever He's over-engineered it, whoever Mr. Denzo was. Yeah, Mr. Denzo, yeah. You've, yeah. Uh, you've missed a treat. Like, oh, I just absolutely. replaced the the air conditioning uh, condenser in the BMW. Oh, no. And it was a, it's like a full dash out, a whole day's job. Yeah. I think it cost me $1,800 or something And is like it that. freezing cold? 
It's not no, Denso cold. No, it? correct. It's cold, but it's not correct. Denso cold. Well, uh, my current vehicle, the Up Exclamation Mark. <laughs> the Volkswagen Up Exclamation That's Mark. That's right, the Volkswagen. Um, yeah, on a hot day, that uh, that German AC. Well, the engine size, like, the, the, it well, probably doesn't have a lot of ponies to give up to the uh, air, no, air conditioning compressor. Unfortunately not, no. Um, okay, so so the MR2, how much is the MR2? Had a good, like, had a, well, I mean, obviously, the, the vehicle has sold. Yep. Um, 27 grand, which yeah. is up there. Is up there, but it's it's only going to go. Correct. The, the problem with these cars is just simply finding them. Yeah. And finding them in that condition. Yeah. Because trying to source parts, like, very limited. Like, number one, they didn't sell huge amounts in this country to yeah. begin with. And then to have a model that, you know, obviously, Bathurst's a limited... Um, Non-turbo, right? They're a non-turbo. Aussie delivered. Aussie delivered. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of imports. Correct. Yeah. But even they're going up in value. Um, well, yeah. And I think... I think the days of having grey imported vehicles being, uh, I guess, sort of kicked in terms of value, I think that's sort of almost gone. Well, if anything, it's the other way around. And the reason why is because the USA is now to, now allowed to import 25-year-old uh, in Japanese imports, yep. like we are. Yep. So overnight, yep. the prices have gone parabolic. We're talking oh, absolutely. R34 GTR is going for $600,000. Yep. $60,000. Yes. You know? Yep. Um, uh, what else has gone mental? Um, or oh, any Z cars, 240, 260Zs. Yep, yep. They're gone, they've gone crazy. But you've you got to think, you've got... A population of what's America three hundred and twenty million people, yep. and there's probably only you know two million people that want that want those cars, but there's two million buyers now that they never had before. Yeah, correct. So That's it fine. has, yeah. So uh, I had a guy try and say the same thing about my my imported Mercedes. Oh, it's an import. You know, they're gonna bag it. I'm like, oh, okay. I'll just send it. Like, I'll send it to another country. Like, they'll, they'll appreciate it. They don't care. The car's still built in the same factory. There's, exactly right. There's they're all imported. Like, it still came out of the Mercedes factory. It's yeah. built on the same line yeah. as all the other ones. Yeah. Okay, yes, it wasn't originally sold in this market. Mm. But, you know, there's only very, very minor changes um, for different markets. Yeah. And it's not like, well, the, the, the big... Well, sorry, the one big difference for Japanese cars that were built in Japan for the, their domestic market was the odometer. Oh, yeah. The 180-kilometre yep. um, limited odometer. So yep. Japan decided to try and save its people from themselves. Put a power cap. Yeah, I think 206 kilowatts. Yeah, so you're only allowed to advertise <clears throat> 206 kilowatts as a yep. max output. And there was cars that had way, way, more way, way more, yeah, but you only advertise 206. And the odometers only go to 180 kilometres now because... Yeah. Who needs to go any faster? Well, that's right. Hashtag and you, and you can't, cruising. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. you can't kill yourself doing 145. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, or, or 60, 62 or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so... Okay, so the MR2 was the one that... Yeah, I missed that. I didn't see it. So yeah, MR2 a, came up. Uh, very early WRX as well. Oh, yeah. Um, 1994 model. Oh, so yeah. So very, very start of them. Again, just a good, clean, original car. Um, what colour? Red. Yeah. Um, looks a really, really good thing. That is still currently listed. Yeah. I think it was mid-20s from memory for that one there. Yeah. Similar K's, 140. 
Yeah, okay. Um, but they're a very, very basic car. If you remember back to very early WRX, like yours was, what, a 99? Mine was a 99, yeah. Yeah, so they become a lot... Them. Oh, the, that was horrific inside, except for the fact they had a cool steering wheel. Yeah, but... Relatively that, cool seats. That car is miles more advanced than the early oh, car. Oh, really? Yeah, because they got a completely different dash and all sorts of stuff in it. So those very early cars are very, very basic. Well, I have to say, that car... So that... Uh, they call them gens? Is it the first gen WRX? Yeah, I think GCA. Yeah, so so that, that 90... Uh, what, did, what did it start? 94, 95? Yeah, so yeah, 94. So I remember as, as a young boy... Mm. That car made a very um, profound effect on me because mm. at the time, like my dad was big into cars. He had every single uh, uh, wheels magazine, motor yeah. magazine, you know, and we used to read, read all the magazines. Yeah. Um, and it was very much, the Australian scene was very much about Ford and Holden. Correct. They really dominated. And, and they had a lot of sports offerings, you know. Tickford had some cool stuff. HSV had some yeah. cool stuff. But that was like the real top dog. And it wasn't until that WRX came out that started wiping the floor with these cars. Yeah, 100%. And then there was a rich kid on the mountain uh, where, where I grew up, and he had one. I wasn't old enough to drive at this point, but <clears throat> I remember seeing this thing drive around and going, oh, like, that's that's cool. Yeah. Because your dad and all your dad's mates, they want big V8. Yeah. You would drive things. That's exactly right. He's this little two-litre four-cylinder, which they would, you know, they would scoff at. Yeah. Is now you know, running rings around them. Oh, 100%. So that, that car did make a lot of effect, and that's why I had to wait till I was 30, 32 years old to afford to one. one. Yeah, because yeah. they weren't cheap. They weren't a cheap car. No, they were 40 grand. Um, $40,000 in, in in the mid-90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a lot of money, because that would have been SS Commodore, or yep. SR8 Falcon, or very close to it. Yeah. But I think what you said, it's a very valid point that, it was probably, and I'm exactly the same as you. Like I think we're only about a year apart mm. in age, and WR that was the car I I aspired to own. Yeah, like it was. I think because it was it as you said it was very generational. Yeah, everyone had like your dad had a VS. Yep, Club Sport. My dad had a HSV of that era as well. Yeah. And it was, it was very much, that's what they've always had. They've always had big V8s. Yeah, rear-wheel drive. Rear-wheel drive. Um, and that's what that's what you wanted to own. You wanted an Aussie muscle car. Yeah. And then I think, obviously, you know, the PlayStation generation. Ah, uh, yes. You know, and For we sure. started seeing more interesting, I guess, offerings. Yeah. Um, and you've got turbocharging, you've got all-wheel drive. Yeah. You know, sort of around that period you had... All-wheel steer. All-wheel steer and some Honda product. Um, but yeah, WRX was a massive, massive turning point. And we were very fortunate here in this country that we were the first market outside of Japan to actually have those vehicles. Yeah, okay. Because we were used as a bit of a test market. And same with STI when they eventually came out in 99 and 00. Yeah. Um, the first market to have it, so... Um, yeah, extremely cool car. We're not the test market now. New Zealand okay. seems to be the test yeah. market, so they get a lot of new cars that we uh, that that we never have access yeah. to. Which is strange because I think there's sixty brands or fifty nine brands now. The Holden's gone um, represented in in Australia, which is one of the most densely yeah. occupied uh, markets. Which is insane. Like we absolutely it is. 
we fucked it up for ourselves. Like we really, really had. And yeah. I, I feel I feel a lot like um, uh, Aussie's obsession with cheap has really hurt ourselves and our manufacturing and all that. So, oh, obviously there was a lot of things behind the scenes that that ruined our ability to manufacture stuff. But yeah. um, I think us always wanting cheaper, 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 cheaper. Yeah. And having the shits when when that cheaper thing is crap. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the the romance of a brand as well. Mm. It's one of those things when something is domestic. You know, think about like yeah, you know, even like beers and stuff like that. Like people thought it was more upmarket or more exclusive to have something that was international. And I yeah. think the same thing happened. And and again, it's probably our age group where again you didn't aspire to own a Holden. Or a Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas my dad did. Yeah. And his dad did. Yeah. Um, and you had that, you know, you're a Holden family or you're a Ford family. Yeah. Well, now, you know, you could have been a Renault family, a yeah. Saab family, uh, all these um, brands. Um, so you had a lot more choice, I guess. And I think people drifted away from those domestic cars. Plus, as you said, there's many factors, obviously. They didn't keep up with uh, the trends of yeah. what buyers actually wanted out of a vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. There, there, it was a big mistake. And, and I think, too, we only looked at our own domestic market and we probably... If we could really... If Holden or... Holden more so because Ford... Ford was a bit smarter. Ford has survived all this and probably will be a manufacturer because they're very... In America, especially, they're miles ahead like they are yep. think, thinking and planning ahead yep. um, GM never seemed to have a plan for Holden but if Holden, Holden could have created a car that was truly international we had the brains yep. um, we had the money like as in GM could have written a check for us to to, um, uh, to play in that international market but for whatever reason we just never hit the mark in terms of quality or, or forethought on you know SUVs we're too late to SUV party correct yeah um I read an article and I remember reading it when it first came out. Remember they had that VT concept um, uh, hybrid powertrain. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It, it, so it, it had a solar-powered roof. It had skinny tyres. It had... It was... I can't remember if it was hydrogen, but it was it was a petrol four-cylinder made it to an electric drivetrain yeah, sure. using lead-acid batteries yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that concept. That was an Aussie-built concept. Yeah, sure. So we have all the brains. And yeah. then, you know... Toyota at the same time went and did that and yeah. is now world leader. Well, an absolute world leader. Yeah. And I've got to give them credit too. They predicted things that no one else did. So when everyone went diesel, yeah. Toyota said, no, no, diesel is not, not the right right thing to do. Hybrid's yeah. the future and electrification is the future. Yeah, correct. They were right. 100%. Um, so we kind of, yeah, we've, we've missed some some opportunities there. And yeah. you, we need... You always need in business. You always need to look at the future and not just just not just the now. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I think I always thought they missed an opportunity. Like you mentioned, Ford. Ford as a brand is global. Mm. Yeah. They don't. Yes, yeah, so they've got some. You know, they've got other Lincoln and correct. Um, yeah, they've got other brands and stuff like that, um, and Mercury and whatever else. But with General Motors, I found it very confusing that every market that would brand their car differently. Yeah. I feel as though as a brand, it would have been a lot stronger yeah. to have an international brand. Yep. Um, you know, whether or not they just chose, you know, Chevrolet or whatever the case yep. was, 
which is obviously very well known and, and, and an older brand that yep. people can get on board. Yep. And they probably should have just branded their cars that instead of having Vauxhalls and Opals and Holdens in this country. Vauxhall and Opal competing in the same freaking territory. Correct. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 And was the big cull after um, uh, the global financial crisis mm. where, what did they lose? Pontiac. Oh, uh, I think it was three monikers they lost yeah. as part of a consolidation. Yeah. But then in our Australian market, they decided to bring back Opal. Yes. So, okay, so we're going to get rid of a brand over there because we're going to streamline it. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But we're going to introduce an idea that didn't work the first time under a whole, like a stronger brand. We're going to reintroduce a brand? Yeah. With the same cars. Yeah. I mean, my, my upbringing was all Holden. Like my start, I started in the career in two, uh, my career in 2004 in, uh, in Holden dealerships. I've been basically attached to a Holden dealership my whole life. Yeah. And I just remember seeing, like, I, I used to be very uh, patriotic about the brand, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I just remember them going, this is stupid. Like mm. these, and then the, they bring in the, the Korean product, which sucked at the time. Yeah. I think that was really getting, that was really, you know, putting the nail in the coffin at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was definitely the... early on. We think it's a modern day thing, like it happened recently, but no, no, it's, it's been crumbling yeah. for years. And I mean, years a Viva. And, yeah. You know, yeah, T- horrible car. TK brand, Epica. Like Epica, to think that, yeah. like they were touting Epica as being a Commodore replacement. Yeah. I remember doing the training on it. Yeah. And I just drove the car and went, or sat in the car and thought, well, the black plastic was yeah. horrible. Like Absolutely. it's so budget basic, gross. Yeah, and not even styled nicely. Like you know, it's one thing. Obviously, they've got to make a product to a to a price point. Yeah. So, you know, your materials, okay, you might have some rougher plastics and this and that, but at least make it look good. Yeah. It was ugly and yeah. cheap. And it went know? up against Mondeo, which was a good car. Yeah. Now, underappreciated in Australia, but... Very... Well, under underappreciated really globally, um, outside of, realistically, the UK was really yeah. the only... They, they get it. Very strong market for that for that vehicle, but that's that's another another car that's gone as well. Gone the way of the dodo. So, um... The car that I had looked at, so so you had said Japanese of the nineties. Um, mm. I kind of broke the rules a bit. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I broke the rules, but I kind of didn't. Yeah. I looked at cars in Japan in the nineties. Oh. oh, lovely! <laughs> right. So yeah. I've read every car in car sales. I th- I think you know, yeah. like, um, and and marketplace, and there was nothing crazy interesting that really really popped out to me. Yeah. So. Um, I jumped on Goonet Exchange, yep. which is basically the um, Japanese car sales.com. Mm-hmm. And I was having a trawl through there. And again, I think they understand that their, their, the value of their cars has just gone through the roof. Anything 25 years old yeah, has, has gone crazy. So I was looking at things like, I know Australia has a real obsession with that 4.2 Nissan diesel motor. Yeah. Yep. So I was looking at uh, Nissan Safaris. Yep. And they've got beautiful cars there, 120,000 Ks. Yep. Like 20 grand. Yeah. Um, now, I'd love to bring one of those in. Problem is, I don't think the buyer of that car has access to, say, 30 grand finance. You can't finance. You can't finance it. Yeah, no. so it's probably too too heavy. Yeah. But I found the Nicks over there. Oh. So the, the cars that I think are kind of orphaned in Japan mm. are the old Mercedes product. Mm. So... E three twenties, nineteen ninety five E three twenties, ten grand 
done 20,000 Ks. Yeah. Um, I think that's my next daily. I think I'm going oh, really? to get one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of card. Look, I don't think I want to buy a 20,000K card. I think I want to buy a 120,000K card. Yeah, sure. Um, only because I don't want to... F- I just want to drive it. Yeah. I just want to drive it. But I think an E-Class, super basic, cloth trimmer, um, it's going to do everything. They're, they're bulletproof in terms of reliability. Yeah, they are. And uh, they're not fast, but I don't need to go fast. I live in no, the city. You drive yeah. around in the city. But I think they're a beautiful looking car. Yeah. I think they are... Uh, exceptionally well put together. They are. Um, and I just think there's something cool about dailying something weird. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, it, it's difficult to try and find that car that is got some age to it. Yeah, yeah. That you can actually daily. Yeah, yeah. Um, and enjoy and... And as you said, still be reliable. Well, I've been driving these S-classes that I've got, and I love them, but they're just yeah. a bit too big Yeah. Um, in a practical sense because it's literally just me or me and Tarsh on the car at, yeah. at any given time. And yeah, you need a chauffeur when you've got an S-class. Yeah. Do you want to be one? Yeah. I need to start selling some more cars to get to that stage. But um, no, I so I was looking at those, but I was also looking at uh, Toyota Century. Ah, uh, Yes. So they go for horrific amounts here in Australia, but yep. they are very cheap in Japan. Yeah. So V eight. So nine. Uh, uh, what do they call it? It's the second generation, uh, which is a V eight. Yep. There are V twelve offerings in the third generation, oh, wow. okay. but they don't fall like into that. the twenty five year rule. Yeah, sure. So you're going to pay a stack of tax on it, which I'm, I'm probably not keen on. Yep. But the old century so just a bit of a history about that that was basically made so that rich people in japan business owners politicians could drive around in a car that's luxurious but had shows some nationalistic pride mm. so so an s-class would have been the standard yes um but you couldn't be a japanese businessman doing business in japan and be driving a german car yeah that was not cool yep they were good like that yes not like us Correct. Yeah. I was about to say it's hundred percent where we failed. Yeah, you know. I remember we, when well, they spoke about it. it. Was um, what's her face? Anna uh, Bly. Anna Bly. Yeah. Yeah. Had a Chrysler. Yeah, she dogged the whole thing. Oh, when they when they become more fuel efficient, and she went diesel. Yeah. Which all turns out to be way worse than what actually. Yeah. Like. But realistically, it should have been, you know, any government department really had to buy an Australian produced car. Mm. You know, because it's no good throwing money and funding at the manufacturing sector, but then you don't actually support and buy that product. Yeah. What's the point? It's absolutely, you know, it's It's, ludicrous. It is ludicrous. So yeah, no, I can completely appreciate. So when I, I I really wanted to look on that Goonet to try and find some of the sports cars, but Mm. they're just becoming unattainable now. But I think, um, because I love early Lexus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So along the same line, essentially, because obviously they were not sold in Japan because they had vehicles like the Century that you're talking about. So Lexus as a brand was a purely export brand. Yeah. You know, originally North America, essentially, with focus on there. So, but again, they're just so beautifully built. Toyota Celsius is is the Toyota equivalent of an LS400. Yes. Yep. And you can buy like thirty and forty thousand k cloth to cloth versions uh-huh. of that car in Japan, yep. and they'll probably owe your landed tens probably worth fifteen here. Yeah, it's an awful lot of car. 
It's a lot of car. Well, I had that. Did you see my... I had a 430, LS430. 140K oh. LS430. I, I remember you telling me about it, but I didn't get to see it. No. Beautiful car. Yeah, the only problem was, I when I put it through the workshop, one of the uh, steering arm, like control arm bushes had gone, and it's a bush. It's huge. It's like the size of a Milo tin, you know? Yeah. And... You can't buy the bush anymore. It's oh. too old. So I had to buy a whole like cross member from a yeah sure uh, from Melbourne. Cost me like a, cost me a grand when yeah. But in yeah. saying that, it, it's a rubber bushing. They're entitled to go. That's not a reliability thing. No, exactly right. That's but, just age and you know, yeah. But that was a beautiful car to yeah, drive. Beautiful car. Yeah, and I love the tech from the nineties mm. in those cars because they were a real Christmas tree. They had everything in them at the time. Yeah. And you go back through now and you see what was considered luxurious mm. by today's standard. And it's fantastic. You know, everything's got knobs and dials for the most yeah. simple things. You know, obviously no touchscreens or anything like that. But touchscreens suck. Like, so this is what, what people haven't realised. The touch... Bring the touchscreen, the all-in-one touchscreen, when cars are autonomous. When you can actually physically look at the item and uh, look at the object and, and touch it. Uh, when you're driving, you need a knob or a dial. Oh, yeah, you do because it's that it's the feel. It's the muscle you, memory, and you yeah. can't feel a screen. Yeah, so you don't really know what you're pressing, what yeah. you're touching, unless you're staring at it. Yeah, which obviously then you're taking your eyes off the road. And it's bizarre that you can have, you know, you can't mount your phone, yet you can have an iPad size screen or bigger. Yeah, in your car. Yeah. And you're allowed to touch that and play with that as much yeah, as you like. Yeah, it's insane. You know. It's insane. So, now I do think some cars over overdo the buttons and dolls. Remember the latest, um, like the Opel Astra, oh, the yeah. latest one. Yeah. And where it's got dial, it's got a screen, but it's got this massive console full of buttons. And the buttons, there's buttons that kind of duplicate and triplicate themselves as well. Yeah. And then you can you can or you can negate all those by just using the center dial to. To find options in there, I'm like, oh, you haven't thought of how yeah. that is yeah. supposed to fit together. Whereas in Japan, it's like AM, AM, yes, FM, FM, yeah, correct. Volume, volume. Correct. You know, it, it was it was very easy. And I think Porsche a couple of years ago were um, fell into that trap as well. If you saw like Panameras mm. and whatnot, they just had a sea of buttons through the center console, and it just to me it just looks untidy as well. So why have you got a radio, but your radio controls are in the center console? Mm. Put the radio where, where the radio is is so my mind thinks okay where I look at radio options is where all the radio options should be. Mm. But Panamera was there's your radio up there, but your volume and channel up and down is down on the center console next to the gear stick. Yeah, that's just bad design. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not a fan. And, and it's funny to think that like BMW iDrive was probably. A good yeah, a good solution. But back then, everyone's like, everyone "This is crazy! One dial that controls everything." Yeah, but I'm like, "Well, actually, now that's like." But you're only ever doing one thing at a time. Like when you're pressing multiple buttons yeah. at any given time, you're not. You're pressing one yeah. at a time. Yeah. So, I never found iDrive to be that irritating. Personally, yeah. I found it, you know, quite intuitive yeah. for the time. You yeah. Know? Um. Yeah, it sort of never bothered me, but um. What uh, what gems did you find on anything good on? Well, Google? so so the what in terms the, of Celsius or the one thing that um, the one thing that I did find that 
in a segment that we'll go we'll go on to because I, I want to I want to make this a bit of a um I want to add a create a bit of an archive mm. about some pricing data. Yeah, sure. So I have successfully picked out in my past what future classics are going to be, mm-hmm. and it's not what people think. I've got mates that just think it had to be a good car in the day. If it was a good car in the day, then it will go up in value. But that's not the case. No, because a lot often a lot of good cars sold a lot. There's more available. The, um, and some of the charm has been taken away because there's no diehard fans of it because it's just so common, right? Yeah. So, a car that I'd picked uh, years back was the W124 Mercedes E320 convertible. Okay. So, I was looking at these with my dad and you could buy a good one for $10,000, mm-hmm. okay? Um, now, when I say a good one, so that this is 94. Four to ninety eight, I think, mm-hmm. was the was that that spread. Yep. yep. You could get an E two twenty version was cheaper again. It's a four cylinder, but you really yep. wanted the six. You don't the quad, want those. Yeah, you yeah. wanted the quad cam six. Too heavy. So, um, I missed out on a couple. I went and looked at some, and they were just a little bit down, or or or, off, or I thought one at tw- you know twelve thousand dollars was too expensive. Yep. But I jumped on Goonet to have a look at what they're going for in Japan. It's a forty thousand dollar car. Yeah, that's unreal. So, now, the reason why I thought that was going to be a classic was because there was no large, long wheelbase, luxury convertible that you could buy Mm. that wasn't a Bentley or a Rolls-Royce. Yeah. So, Mercedes and W124, just the same as W140, quality-wise, is on par with those two cars. Reliability is better. Yes. Um, So, in my mind, I was like, well, there's no other product offering that's anything like it. That is going to appreciate in value. Yep. I just didn't realise it was going to uh, quadruple in five years. In a very short period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was... Uh, and Mercedes have always been... Like, if you look at... Sometimes you can look historically and you can obviously see trends. Mercedes have always built a beautiful, large mm. convertible mm. throughout history. Yeah. And they've all gone up in value. They're yeah. always a desirable car. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But no one cared here. No one cared here. Definitely not. Um, and obviously it would have been very low volume. Oh, yeah. yeah. There wouldn't have been that many vehicles here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's one definitely I haven't even considered something like that. It's definitely under the radar. Now, the other Japanese project that I'd like to get, get up is I've got a... Um, I'd love to buy, like, a small van... Mm. That was, but is big enough to fit motorbikes, just a motorbike. Oh yeah. Because I, I, I've dabbled in some motorbikes quite, quite successfully. Yep. But it's a pain to go and Uber out and pick it up back. and ride it back. So sometimes it's easier just to load in a van. Yep. So I'd love to get, I'd love to get a van that's like a. It'd be awesome to get like a key van. Yeah. Six sixty cc turbo thing yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure if they've got the height to fit like a full size. No, possibly not even the length. Yeah, so I'd love to find something because um, I've got at the moment I've got an express van, um, Aussie delivered two twenty k thing, yep. just a workhorse. You know, yeah. I have the battery disconnected, and whenever I need it, it, it springs it to life. It's a bit, she's a bit smoky, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I also you're very low in mod cons, no power steering. So even for a ninety nine model car, oh, no steer. power steer, yeah. no air, as in no factory, factory no air, yeah. yeah. Whereas I think 
there will be some... And those things are hot because you are sitting on the engine. Oh, yeah, yeah. She yeah. gets warm. She gets real warm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I want to go find something. I found... Um, actually, I was going to ask you about this. I found there's... They make a Nissan van in the early noughties mm. called a... Oh, something VD350 or something. Okay. Just a two-litre petrol, um, but like a... Uh, town ace, I would say size. Yeah, okay. size. yeah, you could probably own one of those for 10 grand landed here. I would have thought, yeah, okay. But then I was wondering, you're probably not going to get like the people that are going to buy it aren't going to be able to finance it. No, and probably the resale because I, I like a van and mm. I've looked at in the past, um, because there were some very, very quirky Taragos and yeah. things like that to the point where I think possibly in the I'm thinking mid to late 80s, you could get a supercharged all-wheel drive. <laughs> That's so cool. Taraga. That's so cool. Because obviously in Japan... Estima? Was it called this? Estima? I don't know what it was called, because um, we didn't get them in this country, because um, really no need, but they were North America and Japan, because of the all-wheel drive for the snow. Sure. And they're an incredibly quirky car. Well, that, I remember that look. So that I, I, 90s Tarago yeah. looked like a spaceship. It, yeah. That design was amazing. Like that's oh. If you got a fresh one of those now, that is still a, a good-looking car. Now. I agree. But I know I have looked. Families and kids just ruin them. Destroy them, yeah. Yeah, they're not a car that obviously somebody's purchased and put aside in the shed. Yeah. Do you, you know, know what I'm going to drive this Sunday? Yeah, yeah exactly. The Tarago. Exactly. I'm going to get out the uh, the Toyota Tarago getaway pack. Some, uh, some other good vans. Uh, the Grand Hiace yep. in Japan. Yeah. You know, with the... With the they they there, you know. do a... Mercedes do a great van, mm. but I think the Japanese... Oh, the king. The king of vans. The king of vans. Like, we've got that new one, which I think is Grand Via VX, which is the replacement for Tarago. Yep. in this market and they're like a $77,000 van and they've got you know plush captain seats and stuff like that in it but over there they are everywhere you well know? they they cherish van life over large sedan life so they they are stronger in <clears throat> sedans than what we are here in Australia but they're even stronger in luxury vans yes. than they are luxury sedans yes and um, and, and I suppose the practicality of I was going to say they are them. massively practical yeah and I think we as a market obviously we've gone SUV, heavy. And um, dual cab U. And dual cab U, heavy. And, okay, I, I can understand a dual cab U, they can tow, you can go up the beach, you can still fit people in them, you know. You can still drive them every day if you have yeah. to. They are a bit of a, you know, a Swiss army knife yeah, in terms yeah, yeah. of they can sort of do a lot of things um, in one vehicle. But SUVs do my head in. I hate them. They are the they absolute nothing. scourge. I cannot... Because un- they are not practical. Because no. all of a sudden you put them up in the air, so yep. all of a sudden you've lost internal space. You've also raised centre of gravity. Yep. So they don't drive anywhere as good. Yep. They're all based on a sedan or a hatch variant anyway, yep. which drives heaps better, which is more practical and normally 10 grand less to buy. I just love the... <laughs> and having sold them when they really started becoming a popular thing and the whole thing was like oh visibility you look down on people 
Yeah, well, everyone's in them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. So are we going to get? So we're going to just get huge. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to have like uh, those like those Russian hats? Like, are we just going to yeah, be the exactly, tallest? Yeah. The, like the tallest, the taller the car, the better. But like, how's that a selling point in a vehicle? You get to look down on other people. Like, yeah, it's I, just a bizarre. And then, and then, like, the one thing I thought was semi-practical about it is, you know, the ability to be able to curb hop and things like that. If having a bit of ground clearance, and if you need to do that. School run and there's a, there's a you know weird spot. It's easy to chuck a wheel up. Not when you got twenty inch wheels on it and, yeah. and little rubber bands around the That's the, exactly the tires. Right. Yep. So you've taken you've taken all the advantage of a four wheel drive. You've removed it. Yeah. And you've given it no additional practicality in, in, in its place except except the look. You know. Yeah. Um, that's something I appreciate about the nineties cars. A bit of bit of profile on the tires. Oh yeah, big time. Why, How much more comfortable is it? Why have a sophisticated suspension system when you can just have more air in the tires? Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah. Like more volume of air in the tires. Yeah, exactly right. Or both in the case of you know some luxury cars like your you know your Mercedes yeah. and Lexus and things like that. I just think yeah, I, I, I do genuinely believe that SUVs are the scourge of yeah. our of, of the yeah. our time. It's ru- now it's paid for a lot of the cars that uh that we do like you know if porsche didn't have mccann oh yeah if they didn't have porsche wouldn't exist exist. yeah Yeah. um i don't have to like it i don't have to like that uh that view of the world like i just wish that if everyone if they just did like a a a gentle person's agreement and said (laughs) and said uh we're not going to build any suvs because they suck Mm. um and no one should build them Mm. then we'd all be in hatchbacks and 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 um, sedans and and if you think about it, from a we're we're all we're trying to be conscious of the environment. Yeah. Well, trying to artificially engineer a, a an SUV that is three hundred kilos heavier than its hatchback or sedan equivalent, um, and and because of the higher center of gravity, because of the rolling mass, because of all those things, we're having to be overly sophisticated in the engine. If you just had a small light, simple car, we would have addressed a lot of those problems automatically. Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, you, you can't be, oh, like, you can't be out there saying, I want to do the right thing for the environment and then drive a, a diesel, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a three-litre, six-cylinder diesel SUV. Yeah. You just, it's an oxymoron. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. more more moron than oxy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so if there was a, What's a, what do you think is a modern day car? Sorry, modern day. What do you think is going to be um, a future classic that's relatively cheap now? Relatively cheap future classic. It's a tough one because I think that what you touched on earlier, which was very, very interesting, is that people think classics, cars that are going to appreciate, need to be a really good car mm. in the moment. But oftentimes I think they, that's not the case, but they can also be too revolutionary for their own good. So they really yeah. alienate the marketplace on release. Yeah. And Ford Probe. Ford Probe. I had this argument with a mate of mine. I think Ford Probe will be like nowhere to the level that the car that I will bring up. But um, in the days, you know, early 90s, the design of that car was so far advanced so yeah. that car came out before that spaceship Tarago, but it, if those two cars came out at the same time, people would have appreciated it. So if you had a really nice mint Ford Probe in like a high spec level, yeah. 
that car is better now, will be better received now than it would have been back in the early 90s. So oh. that's an example of what, what, what you're trying to say. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, um, just trying to... Well, I'll start with mine. Yeah, okay, go for it. Um, I think it's the 7th Gen Celica. So the mm. last Celica model, 99. Yeah, 99 onwards. Yeah. Now, the reason is that that got... Uh, everyone hated it. When that car came out, it was it was for women. It, it was for gays. It was like that was the. But it's for gay women. It's for gay women. It's for well, no, it wasn't. No, it, it wasn't. Super was the Forester was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was. It, it got such a bad rep because of people just decided um, that front wheel drive one point eight liter sports cars were were not cool. Yeah. But they're I, wrong. That car was cool then. The design was amazing. It looks modern now. If it still a... looks new if you see a good one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I wouldn't get the yellow. The yellow was yeah was big. Yep. Um, silver. Oh, silver. Silver. I was going to say it's, red. It's I got like the, them in yeah. Red. You like anything in red though? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But but um, I I genuinely think that that car and extremely capable. Yep. Very reliable. Good to drive. Yep. Uh, actually, a nice. You know, in terms of Toyota interior design, they've never been that strong. Well, yeah, well, from memory, they had, like, a digital instrument cluster. Half digital. Half digital. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they had, like, Recaro seats. Yep, and yep. I remember uh, driving one, and it would have been, like, not long after I would have got my driver's license. And I loved it. Yeah. Well, I thought it was unbelievable. Because it would rev. Yep. Um, handled pretty good. The gearbox was very, very sweet. It was a comfy car. As yep. you said, the interior was a nice place to be. Yep. It did look, at the time, extremely hot, I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as but you, said, you weren't allowed to say it? Probably not. Yeah. No. No, it wasn't... Again, it, it's it's the psyche that we have in this country, which has changed now, obviously, but you take 1999, you know, everyone would lose their mind with a VT Club Sport, yeah. you know, with 185 kilowatts yeah, yeah. out of a five-litre engine. But, yeah, you couldn't say you liked a front-wheel drive, yeah. 1.8-litre, yeah. you know, sports Toyota. car And sports cars weren't... Um... I think in Australia, sports cars were always frowned upon because we we have not we, we don't have a strong sports car culture. We've had a muscle car culture, yes, but we've never had a sports car culture. Unlike That's what right. Europe and especially UK roadsters yeah. and sports cars are really yeah, exactly driven on. Right. And if you were into sports cars in this country, it was those vehicles. Yeah, it was that older English. Yeah, you know, vehicles. It was okay to have an MG. Yeah, drive as a man. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. Because you were an enthusiast, or yeah. you know, it was uh, it was considered a classic. But so values of those cars now, if you buy like a good one hundred and forty thousand k's or something yeah. like that, they're about eight grand. Okay. But I can see if you could find a, they'll probably follow the the way of that MR two. Yes. You know that'll be a twenty five thousand dollar car yeah. in the not too distant future. Well, what happens is that people will step to the next vehicle, like as as you said, I think at the beginning of the podcast that. Everyone aspires to own the pinnacle sure. of the range. But then you've got to work yourself back because everything continues to go, go up in value. Yeah. So if you're a if you want a classic Toyota, and the same thing happens, you look at that MR2 that was twenty seven grand, a lot of money. Yeah. 
well, I don't have 27 grand to buy a cool yeah. Toyota. Okay, got... well, what else is cool in a Toyota? Well, yeah. what was the car that replaced that? Well, they did have another MR2, which might become a future classic in that little spider that they released yeah. after that. But realistically, the next car is that Celica. Yeah. And also, it's the last Celica. Yeah. As well. So, it's I think a gateway. That... The Celica's a gateway drug to um, Toyota sports cars. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't that long ago that MR2s were worth nothing. Yeah, yeah. And now they're worth money. And the same as, I think, I think Celica's in general, um, like, I quite like the previous model to that as well. Um, but, yeah, definitely, as far as fit and finish and design, that car was, was light years ahead. That's the only reason why I picked that one over the previous. So, I, I am a Celica fan. Like, they, they've, they've always been a good car. Yeah. But the design of that one and how polarising it was. I, yeah. remember, I remember just it being was in that yeah. car scene back then and... and you just you couldn't mention that as a cool car without all these um, stigmas attached, a stigma attached to it. Yeah. Yet, objectively, it's brilliant. Mm. Um, so yeah, that that's that's my pick. So keep an eye if you see one of those. Um, don't buy it yourself. Just send it to me, and I'll buy it. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and um, if it's red, Josh will buy it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. Um, so yeah, keeping on that, I guess that idea of trends, um, something that and listen, these have already sort of started to go up a bit. Because they were a good car at launch yep. as well. So, touching back on WRX earlier, and obviously that's the hero car. That was the car mm. we all aspired to own. But Subaru did have a lot of very interesting turbo all-wheel drive offerings mm. that were not 100% mainstream. Um, so, there are some very interesting uh, liberties uh, um, yep. that are turbo all-wheel drive. Um, you had that twin turbo uh, in 1999, I think it came out in maybe 1998. Um, B4, they're yep. starting to increase in value. Again, trying to get a really good one. That's obviously, that's the key in mechanic wagon. I don't know if we got wagons in this country, um, but in terms of wagons, I think if you get a very, the first series of a GT Forester, oh, you yes, get one yes, of those. Yes. Yep. Um, again, you'd want it to be as close to, to stock sure. as possible. I think there are, again, you'll get the people that, and already like they've got a cult, bit of a cult following, but I think that's a car that as we're seeing two door STIs easily cracking a hundred thousand yeah. dollars and we're seeing, uh, it's not going to be long before double O, you know, GCA WRXs are going to be a $40,000, $50,000 car for a very, very low kilometre example. I think you're going to have a car that essentially the same platform, more or less the same running gear. Um, again, you know, I like them because of the quirky practical nature of it. Sure. Having a station wagon, I think they're a really good car to watch. But again, so many of them have been trashed through yeah. the boost cruising days. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But if you could get a really good one of those, but also very, very late in the 1980s, they did a turbo, which I believe they called, uh, it was just called an RX. And now it could come in a sedan, mm -hmm. but it could also come in a two-door, which is extremely unusual. A Subaru RX. RX. Yeah, correct. What What is this? Liberty. Oh, Liberty RX. Yes. Oh, the wedge, wedge shape thing. Yes. So, so one of my dad's pieces of livery drivers back in the 90s, wow. he had one, and um, he was like a rally nut. Yes. I think him and his one of his mates ended up going working for ProDrive in, oh, in wow. the UK, yeah. Yeah. But I remember 
um, driving enthusiastically down the uh, down the mountain and um, uh, him hitting a large rock on the side and like oh, the rear, lovely. yeah, like the you whole the whole axle of the rear was yeah. like <laughs> yeah, yeah. was like sort of crabbed across from the uh, from the chassis. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, but um, that would have been good for handling. Yeah, but he uh, obviously there was a lot of um, aftermarket Subaru bits that you could buy. You can modernize exactly right. And, yeah, yeah, that's a very good one. Yeah, but like. Again, something you would have been enthusiastic about when you were young was rally. Yeah. In the 90s where you had, you know, you had uh, Rally Out Lancers, you yeah. had WRX, obviously. We had Sleekers and GT4s and stuff like that. But before WRX, Subaru used Liberties. Yeah. And they still had that iconic livery, you know, the blue car with the yellow stickers yep. and stuff like that. But I think a lot of that's sort of been forgotten because of the... Because the Impreza came out. Because the Impreza came out and it really captured the marketplace. But I think that Subaru has got some very quirky models, which yeah. they didn't run for particularly long. Um, and as I said, because we got them here in Australia as somewhat of a test market, I think that those cars will be... Um, yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you there because it's... It's easy to tap into nostalgic memories of those cars, you know, possum born driving. Correct. Yeah, exactly right. You know, and that's the in in this country as well. That's the basis of motorsport. Really, is the basis of yeah values in this country. So if you look at old Holden's old Fords, the ones that are worth a lot of money are the ones that have racing pedigree. Sure. Outside of that, yeah, they're still worth some money, but they're not the meteoric sort of yeah. prices that other ones are getting. You know, you can still buy an FX Holden or an FJ Holden. For 12, 13 grand. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Up to yeah. 20 grand. Yeah. And what's more more iconic than the first vehicle that this country produced? Yeah. Yet, you um, want a Tirana. Yeah, Peter Brock's Tirana. <laughs> no, not, uh, who was it? There was a, there was a Tirana that just went through auctions because I put a bet. Oh, I've got to cash in. I'll bet my oh. friend Rodney a bottle of Kraken that I haven't called on yet. Oh, lovely. So uh, it was Fred Gibson's, Gibson's yep. uh, which I don't think won a race. Oh, I don't think won a Bathurst, yeah, but, sure. but it was his Tirana, and they thought it was going to crack $2 million. And I was like, oh, nah, yeah. nah, 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 what a chance. Uh, n- not a chance. Because yep. in my mind, what... If that car sold for $2 million, what does a race-winning, Bathurst-winning Brock car make? That's exactly $10 million right. bucks? Yeah. Exactly. Well, there's no $10 million out there for a, for a, a Holden race car. No. So I said, the car is going to be sub a $1 million. And I so I think my friend put 1.6. He thought it was going to be around that 1.6 mark. And I said, I think it's going to go for 900 maybe 920 Sure. And whoever's closest wins a bottle of uh, Kraken. Yeah, lovely. And it went for nine sixty. Well, there you go. Yeah, on the nose, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I had some rationale behind it, but he's a Tirana nut, so he's blinded by yeah, uh, you know the fact that it's yeah. Tirana. But even very basic Tiranas are worth a lot of money now, even in like four door yeah. sedans and stuff like that. Good ones are fifty, sixty grand. I remember my back to the old. So so, everyone that worked for my dad were. Most of them were car nuts because yep. the beauty of being a pizza delivery driver is that you just drive all You're the time. You're driving, yeah. 
And, and Tambo would have been the place oh, for it. so much it's fun. A, it's a rally stage. It, it is basically a rally stage. You visit a lot of farmland, yeah. Um, a lot of grassy um, run front off. verges, yeah, <laughs> run off. Um, but there were some super cool cars that went through there, like 80s model uh, Nissan Exa turbos. Yeah, yeah. Um, Gallant GSR, a lot of Geminis. Um, but one of my mates had a pristine... Like, he always had an eye for good cars, mm. but just couldn't help but ruin them. So he bought, like I, I, I'm not a big Gemini fan, but it was the, the last of the rear wheel drive Gemini's. Sure. But quite up spec yep. one had nice bumper bars on it. Has had an upgraded interior in it. Um, still had the you know the window, um, the the rear slats on the. Oh yeah, on, on, yeah. on the glass. Yeah. And I think Venetians. He, Venetians, I think. Yep. And I, but I think he wrote that one off, and then he bought for like, three hundred and fifty bucks, bought a one owner. Uh, 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 not a what's before you see Tirana? Uh, oh, like an LX, maybe? L- LX Tirana yeah. column shift, like old man spec, yeah, yeah, white yeah. with brown interior. Yeah. But the thing was immaculate, yeah. like, like just the most beautiful car I've ever seen. Spent 350 bucks on it, and I remember driving one day and just looking over on the on the side of the road and this thing's just in the dirt <laughs> and again just wrecked that it one just too. ruined it yeah, yeah. yeah so there's a lot of those cars maybe some of the appeal of those cars maybe some of the prices have shot through the roof because of scarcity <laughs> definitely yeah. definitely definitely so um I suppose that a reward for anyone that has lasted this long and throughout the podcast oh yeah because we are we are an hour in and if your reward is if you were to uh, come across one of these and purchase it, not only will you get lots of enjoyment in driving it, yes, but you've just made yourself some money. Oh, absolutely, better than Bitcoin. <laughs> it's it's more fun than Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. it's definitely more fun than Bitcoin. Yeah, but um, look, um, um, shout out if you uh, if you like this segment, you probably won't. Uh, it's fine. It'll it'll keep coming back. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, I enjoy them. Um, I think that, oh, is it anyone, if anyone wants to flick us a note on any cars that you'd like us to break down from a, from our critical, uh, uh, yeah, love to, yeah. Um, I don't want to say roast, like it's not like vehicle roasting, people have done roasting, but no, um, there are some oddball cars out there that people have passions for that, that, uh, we might be able to give you a bit of a, uh, a potential, um, uh, boost in your um, yeah appreciation for the vehicle and yeah. your appreciation for them yeah absolutely um, or we could just bag the shit out of it who knows <laughs> who knows you know that's unlike me Alex yeah yeah no 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 it's definitely they're definitely not you but no. um, thank you very much for, uh, for for coming in thanks for having me we'll, uh, absolute we'll, pleasure we'll do this again for sure look forward to it thanks right. Alex uh, we'll see you next week for uh, episode 26 See you next audio. See ya. Bye. Bye.